the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Jen is the conservative crusader. Brian is our lovable liberal. Welcome to The Answer. Good Thursday morning to you. It is The Morning Answer. You found us. I'm Jennifer Horn, Don Dix, in this morning. And uh, maybe, just maybe, your power might be out. The wind has been a top story for those of us in Southern California all night long. Gusts up to 50 miles per hour throughout the region. And, uh, Don, this, of course, is not good when you have dry conditions. We'll bring you up to speed on some fires. But a lot of residents without power this morning as well. There are a number of fires that have been stoked up by this uh, Two. Uh, fires that have uh, uh, gotten uh, gotten a hold of Riverside County. And, well, uh, why don't we start there? So uh, the big fire that's burning right now is near Orange County. Brush fire in Riverside County, however, broke out, burning about 200 acres and some mandatory evacuations to tell you about. This one started uh, at 2 a.m. on Thursday in the 2300 block of California Avenue. It quickly burned 200 acres and is at 10 percent containment, at least at last check, according to Cal Fire. This one is called the Cerritos Fire, and it prompted mandatory evacuation orders that uh, for people that live on California Avenue north of uh, Trace Cerros Avenue in the West Hemet area. Temporary evacuation center for this fire has been established at uh, Takeets High School, which is on Titan Trail in Hemet. Very good. Did I do it right? Takeets. That's right, Takeets. I tried. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. (laughs) So that's going on right now, the Cerritos fire. The Bond fire seems to be the one that is prompting a lot of attention. This one also driven by the wind. It's threatening homes at the moment in Orange County's mountain communities. This one prompting evacuations, orders, and warnings early today as you wake up this morning. Mandatory evacuation order is in effect for residents of Silverado Canyon, Modesca Canyon, Williams Canyon, and the bonfire they describe exploded to 1,500 acres, according to the Orange County Fire Authority, who is leading that charge to fight the bonfire. Structures are threatened in Silverado and Williams Canyons this morning. And uh, of course, we know, Don, when we watch these fire conditions in Southern California, what happens is that these fires spew embers. The embers get picked up in the wind and they can literally fly for miles, causing really tense situations for firefighters because they've got to keep watching all these hot spots that pop up surrounding the big fire, which they're focusing on. Mandatory evacuations in Silverado Canyon and Williams Canyon. And those areas, because when uh, when wind moves through those areas, uh, it actually gets accelerated because of the, the layout of the geography. I actually lived right near Silverado Canyon in Tribuco Canyon uh, for a while. And that area, when, you know, when when uh, when the, the flat areas get a 50 mile an hour wind, it funnels into those canyons. It can grow up to 75, maybe 100 miles an hour with gusts. So, um, you know, just hearing that a 50 mile an hour wind 
is uh, is blowing in the general area doesn't exactly uh, tell you how it's amplified in places like Borrego Canyon, Portola Hills, uh, Ligo Canyon, and then Tribuco Canyon. Those areas just can get really um, – when the, when the wind blows, it gets amplified because yeah. of the, the way that the canyons just uh, uh, pick up the speed for the uh, for the wind. And, and so, yeah, 2,000 acres now. Just from my own perspective, there was a fire that was burning, I believe, out in that area just a few weeks ago. Is that is that close, the, the fire that burned out there for a while? Is that a close yes. in proximity? Yes. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's 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 almost the same area. Um, which is kind of odd because that area got, uh, I mean, that was, that was an area that had, uh, um, uh, when it burned over and it burned over the hill down yeah. into uh, Riverside County. That's right. So road closures to note in the bonfire, Santiago Canyon, Santiago Canyon Road from Jackson Ranch to the 241. That is closed due to the bonfire. They're asking you to please avoid that entire area. The fire now at 2,000 acres growing rapidly. They say if you're under a mandatory evacuation order, please seek a safe location right away with the winds whipping as they are 50 mile per hour winds in some areas that this is really dangerous you can't wait around if you're told to leave leave this morning according to the orange county fire authority and their public information officer right now voluntary evacuation or warnings include lake forest from the 241 toll road along bake parkway to music north to the irvine border and from the 241 toll road north to bake to foothill ranch community park that uh, is is all under voluntary evacuation orders right now. Zero percent containment, according to the Orange County Fire Authority and evacuees. They're saying that you're strongly encouraged to seek safety. Go to a hotel, go to a family member's house, a friend's house. Get out of there. There is no shelter being offered because of COVID-19 for this fire. There is a Red Cross evacuation point, which is located at 8405 East Chapman Avenue in Orange, where there's information about the fire, restrooms available, but essentially... And this is one of those things, and we've talked about it on this program before, because of COVID-19, there's a whole new set of challenges that present themselves to firefighters and for those people who are trying to uh, to help their friends and neighbors evacuate. And it was all, it's almost fortuitous. Uh, L.A. Times had an article out saying that the Santa Ana winds are going to bring very dangerous conditions, fire conditions, and possible power shutoffs this week. And don't you know, almost a day later... Uh, those weather forecasters who were urging a lot of caution uh, due to these Santa Ana winds blowing through Southern California, uh, they were right. And so, uh, yeah, seek uh, seek shelter. That's uh, This fire is moving very quickly from seven acres up to 2,000. All right. We will uh, keep you up to date on uh, that story. Both of those fires we are watching and we'll bring you uh, updates often here this hour on the morning answer. In the meantime, Mayor Eric Garcetti getting some controversy uh, last night. Once again, California, he says, is continuing to struggle with COVID-19. And so the Los Angeles mayor issued a citywide safer at home order on Wednesday. He said it's time to hunker down. It's time to cancel everything. Here's the warning from the mayor. To know what we can do in the coming days, it's as much what you choose not to do as what you do do that will determine what happens here in our beloved hometown. The choices between us are stark, between health and sickness, between care and apathy, and yes, between life and death for too many of the people that we love. 
My message couldn't be simpler. It's time to hunker down. It's time to cancel everything. And if it isn't essential, don't do it. Don't meet up with others outside your household. Don't host a gathering. Don't attend a gathering. And following our targeted safer at home order, if you're able to stay home, stay home. This order from Mayor Garcetti kind of mirrors the order that was put out by L.A. County that went into effect on Monday. It was designed really to do that, mirroring the county's safer-at-home order with aligning restrictions and exemptions. Um, Really similarly to the county order, Los Angeles residents are asked to stay at home, avoid going out for non-essential trips and tasks. Both the city and the county's temporary order bans all public and private gatherings of individuals from different households unless you are protesting or unless you are attending an outdoor faith-based service. Those are both exempt from this new order. Yeah, now not an absolute lockdown is what uh, ABC7 is saying. The order spells out a whole variety of different exceptions. But, uh, yeah, the mayor, uh, many of the city's recreational activities will remain open, such as beaches, parks, public golf courses. Uh, the main activity that the mayor is after and that county health officials have been targeting uh, to, is to reduce or eliminate gatherings that involve different households meeting in close proximity. Um, so, you know, this is coming from, as you said, both L.A. County and, and now the mayor. And we've been anticipating something from uh, the governor. Uh, it was rumored earlier in the week uh, as a result of several conference calls that the governor was going to uh, push the state more towards a, a lockdown again. <laughs> yeah, there uh, there are some exemptions. You're right. We're waiting to see if uh, if Gavin Newsom is going to release an order of his own that was that's being floated. It has been floated all week long, even I think toward since the end of last week. They've been talking about this. I do want to point out this is how ridiculous L.A. City can be in this order. And I'm just reading through it and seeing some of the exemptions. You can still go to work and that sort of thing. Military members exempt some retail operations and that. One of the items in the order, Angelinos experiencing homelessness are exempt from the order to stay home. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Mayor Garcetti. Thank you. If you're homeless, you don't have to stay at home. Exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Mayor Garcetti. If you're homeless and you don't have a home, you don't have to stay home. Perfect. All right. As we continue, President Trump making uh, what some are calling his most important speech ever. Did you hear it? You won't believe what he had to say as your Thursday morning answer continues. News and talk you can trust. The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on your Thursday morning answer. It is Jennifer Horn, Don Dixon for Brian and President Trump yesterday making what some are saying, even the president himself, his most important speech ever. He did it on Facebook and he said that if he's right, if he and his campaign are right about election fraud, then Joe Biden can't be president. He did a 46 minute speech all on social media to bypass the mainstream news media. And he said that it is just premature to have Biden declare victory. He called on every legal vote to be counted and the president making his case as to just what wrongdoing has been uncovered in the days after the election. Within days after the election, we witnessed an orchestrated effort to anoint a winner, even while many key states were still being counted. The constitutional process must be allowed to continue. We are going to defend the honesty of the vote, 
by ensuring that every legal ballot is counted and that no illegal ballot is counted. This is not just about honoring the votes of 74 million Americans who voted for me. It's about ensuring that Americans can have faith in this election and in all future elections. Today, I will detail some of the shocking irregularities, abuses, and fraud that have been revealed in recent weeks. Starts talking about the swing states and how altered ballots were allowed in the count. I want to explain the corrupt mail-in balloting scheme that Democrats systematically put into place that allowed voting to be altered, especially in swing states, which they had to win. They just didn't know that it was going to be that tough because we were leading in every swing state by so much, far greater than they ever thought possible. While it has long been understood that the Democrat political machine engages in voter fraud from Detroit to Philadelphia to Milwaukee, Atlanta, so many other places. What changed this year was the Democrat Party's relentless push to print and mail out tens of millions of ballots sent to unknown recipients with virtually no safeguards of any kind. This allowed fraud and abuse to occur on a scale never seen before. And to be fair, Don, this is something that President Trump warned about even before the election. What stuns me, though, is that his legal team, the RNC, his campaign didn't take greater effort to fight this out in in court because we found here in California when there was pushback against Gavin Newsom's order to roll out universal mail in ballots that uh, he actually overstepped his authority in doing that. Maybe if they had better pushed back legally, would there have been a different outcome? Well, not only that, you had the mainstream media who for years was saying that, hey, mail-in ballots are prone to fraud. You had the New York Times reporting on that. You had the Washington Post reporting that. You had uh, nearly every uh, left-leaning organization saying that there was, uh, you know, that these systems of voting – uh, universal mail-in ballot, a product of the pandemic. But but before that, you had the ability in most states, in fact, Oregon ha- was one of the first to have an all mail-in ballot. You had the ability to uh, get a mail-in, to get a absentee ballot, which is essentially a mail-in ballot, except you got to go through, it's a little more rigorous to get signed up for that in certain states. But they even were saying that the mail-in ballot system was prone to fraud as late as 2019. And then all of a sudden in 2020, the news started flipping. It started saying from the other perspective, and you can go back and and, and look at this as early as uh, April, uh, even, uh, even before that, uh, after the turn of the year, the false narrative of vote-by-mail fraud. Um, throughout there, it's like, it's like a switch got flipped and all of a sudden it's like, oh no, mail-in ballots are fine. Everything is going to be great. Uh, research on voting by mail says it's safe from fraud. I mean, this is everywhere all of a sudden. And so uh, obviously knowing that the pandemic was possibly going to lead in this direction, or maybe was it orchestrated? I don't because know. We, so we talked the, about the claims there are certainly leaning in that direction. Yeah. So, I mean, we we talked about the possibility, you know, way back when this was a two week flatten the curve and then it extended longer. 
we talked about, well, what if they continue it all the way into the election? Well, they did. Yeah. Let's continue to hear from President Trump, who talked about these judges that um, agreed to uh, this push by Democrats to make mail-in ballots a big part of the 2020 election. He said that politics were definitely at play. Using the pandemic as a pretext, Democrat politicians and judges drastically changed election procedures just months and in some cases weeks before the election on the 3rd of November. Very rarely were legislatures involved, and constitutionally, they had to be involved. But very, very rarely, and you'll see that as we continue to file our suits, it's constitutionally absolutely incorrect what took place, even from a legal standpoint. Many states, such as Nevada and California, sent millions of live ballots to every person on their voter rolls, whether those individuals had requested ballots or not, whether they were dead or alive, they got ballots. Other states, such as Minnesota, Michigan, and Wisconsin, instituted universal absentee balloting right in the middle of an election year, sending absentee ballot request forms to all voters on all rolls. It didn't matter who they were. This colossal expansion of mail-in voting opened the floodgates to massive fraud. You know, um, I have, as recently as yesterday, fielded a call from somebody who said, hey, I got double ballots. And this is L.A. County. Mm -hmm. I got double ballots. I got ballots. We heard from someone yesterday on the program. Yeah, that's right. We should we should actually play that call because here's somebody who said, I've gotten a uh, ballot for somebody that hasn't lived here for, what, 20 years, mm-hmm. 25 years? Um, actually, longer than that. I think it was in the late 80s that that person moved out of that home. So, you know, between the – I mean, look, it's, it's, it's not a – uh, it's not a conspiracy theory to to uh, understand that government isn't always uh, the best at handling paperwork. Look at all of the EDD false claims, a billion dollars in, in, in fraud by prisoners. Over and over and over again, you've got situations where people are able to defa- defraud the government for a whole variety. And this was wholesale fraud, a billion dollars. You you think that our our voting system yeah. is is that ironclad uh, right able to handle these things and that's what President Trump talked about he said that the voter rolls are bloated there are a lot of people illegally registered a lot of people who are dead who have moved they don't want to clean them up he said that there weren't a validation there wasn't a system to validate the votes that were counted he talked about the poll workers that were blocked and those who even showed up to vote on election day who were told that they had already voted and sent away then the president spoke about Dominion we've heard a lot about Dominion and Smartmatic some really big claims about voting systems, the actual system used to count those votes. This is what the president had to say about that. That's how desperate the Democrats were. They would fill out ballots of people not even knowing if these people were going to show up. And when they did show up, they said, sorry, you've already voted. And on top of everything else, we have a company that's very suspect. Its name is Dominion. With the turn of a dial, or the change of a chip, you can press a button for Trump and the vote goes to Biden. What kind of a system is this? 
We have to go to paper. Maybe it takes longer. But the only secure system is paper. Not these systems that nobody understands, including, in many cases, the people that run them. <laughs> Although, unfortunately, I think they understand them far too well. All right, President Trump, with a warning about Georgia and the Senate Senate runoff race, which will happen on January the 5th. A very important election that's coming up will determine whether or not we hold the Senate. David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler are two tremendous people. Unfortunately, in Georgia, they're using the same horrible Dominion system. And it's already been out that Hundreds of thousands, think of it, hundreds of thousands of absentee ballots have been requested. You check it out, who's requesting those ballots. The difference is, it's one state and we will have our eyes on it like nobody's ever watched anything before, because we have to win those two Senate seats Stark warning from the president on the state of Georgia and that runoff election. As we continue, uh, victims uh, remembered from, gosh, it's been five years, the San Bernardino terrorist attacks. As your Thursday morning answer continues. Waging the battle against fake news every morning. This is the morning answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us. It is the morning answer. It's Thursday. Practice Friday, guys. We are almost there. Almost. Your first Christmas weekend. I always think the weekends in December are always built for Christmas. I'm Jennifer Horn. Don Dix is in this morning, and there is a fire burning. Got an update for you on that bond fire. 3,600 acres at last count uh, broke out in the Silverado Canyon east of Irvine late Wednesday night. Of course, those Santa Ana winds that we all experienced in Southern California have uh, pushed that fire along and forced hundreds of people to flee their homes. The bonfire was sparked, Don, by a house fire before 1015 last night in the 29,000 block of Silverado Canyon Road, according to the Orange County Fire Authority. The fire quickly spread into the brush and then exploded into a wildfire. This one is, uh, gosh, it's pushing towards the area of October's Silverado fire. We talked about that earlier. That was 13,400 acres. That forced tens of thousands of residents in Irvine and Lake Forest to evacuate. As of 5.30 a.m. this morning, no containment, according to Orange County Fire Authority. The wind whipping the flames with embers flying everywhere, this creating a really tough situation for firefighters who are trying to make sure that they can contain this wildfire wildfire as much as possible and those embers are picked up in the wind and flying and I can tell you they can fly and cause damage for miles in the radius of the fire zone. Weather.us has a fascinating map that shows the wind and the way that it is moving through that whole area. <clears throat> Earlier I said having lived there in uh, Tribuco Canyon I can attest to what happens to these uh, winds as they move through the canyons. Um, whereas you see in this weather map, which is coded by color according to the strength of the winds, uh, green usually stipulating a wind that will range between 12 to 18 miles per hour. As you get into the canyons, they're showing gusts up to 100 miles an hour in certain of wow. these canyons. So you combine a, uh, a, a rather unfortunate 
uh, situation with a house fire with winds that Hurricane are force moving winds. up to 100 miles an hour in, in, in some of these narrow canyons. And, yeah, you've got a scenario for disaster, and that's exactly what's happening. And mandatory evacuations are in place all over the area uh, from uh, what looks like um, – Foothill Ranch over to Silverado Canyon. Yeah, mandatory evacuations issued overnight for residents in Silverado Canyon, Williams Canyon, Modesca Canyon. Uh, this is all according to Orange County Fire. They're a great resource, by the way. You can go to their website and check out the uh, up-to-the-minute eva- evac- uh, evacuations at There are voluntary evacuations issued for Borrego Canyon, Foothill Ranch, Baker Ranch, Portola Hills, Live Oak Canyon, Trabuco Canyon, Rose Canyon, Valley Vista Way, and Meadow Ridge School. I'm sorry, Meadow Ridge Drive. There are also voluntary evacuation orders issued in Lake Forest for the 241 freeway. That's along Bake Parkway to Music and north to the Irvine border, as well as the 241 freeway north to Bake Parkway and the Foothill Ranch Community Park. No word yet on how many homes are being threatened. Certainly, you get a better understanding as the sun comes up this morning. There is a Red Cross evacuation point that has been established at Santiago Canyon College in Orange, but because of the coronavirus pandemic, officials are not establishing an evacuation shelter. So they're providing people with vouchers to stay in hotels. So if you're in that area, you need a place to go. You go to the Red Cross evacuation point. They can help you out and direct you to a place where you can stay safely. This Santa Ana wind event is really causing low humidity. And as you mentioned, those really, really strong and gusty winds. Yeah, and uh, there are other areas throughout California where brush fires have sparked rather uh, dangerous situations because of these red flag warnings, the Santa Ana wind conditions, even down in uh, San Diego, uh, you know, fire uh, was uh, was pushed up, uh, destroying one home. So these uh, these winds uh, affecting all across Southern California as the red flag warnings are uh, slated to continue into the weekend. So be careful. Yeah, no, no joke. And listen to those evacuation orders. This is the time when you don't want to uh, to stick around. And uh, a lot of people think, well, they want to stay and defend their property. When you have winds that are gusting, as Don mentioned, uh, between 50 and 100 miles per hour, that's not the time to, to stick. If you have a mandatory evacuation, go. If you have a voluntary evacuation, at least get ready to get out of there and get out of harm's way. Yesterday was an important anniversary for Southern California and certainly for our friends on AM590, The Answer, and the Inland Empire, Don. That's where you live as well. You live in Riverside County. Wednesday marked five years since 14 people were killed and 21 others hurt when a married couple, terrorists, opened fire in a massacre in San Bernardino. It was shortly before 11 in the morning on December 2nd, 2015, when an Islamic terrorist team, husband and wife, burst into the Inland Regional Center in San Bernardino, armed with semi-automatic weapons. They murdered 14 people and they wounded 21 others. After the shooting, the couple took off. They fled and led authorities on a chase and a dramatic shootout that ended with both of them losing their lives. They were shot dead. But the lives that they shattered on that day still... Families looking to heal and uh, and to find some some consolation about losing their loved ones so unexpectedly. And uh, five years, it seems like such a short time ago. We were on the air together on the Jen and Don show when this happened, Don. I know we spent so many days and weeks and months covering this story. And uh, it's it seems like it hasn't been five years. Certainly it hasn't. I know that must be even worse for the families and the people who were touched at the Inland Regional Center in San Bernardino. 
Yeah, it, uh, this is something that had uh, caught many people in San Bernardino by surprise. However, this was something that uh, we sort of had been foretelling uh, that was a possibility given uh, some of the radicalization that was occurring at uh, some of these mosques that uh, preach a fundamentalist uh, strain of of Islam, if you will. Uh, I remember distinctly, uh, this was a time when, <laughs> 2015, we were driving into the studio to do the show. I always checked uh, traffic, and I read that there was a uh, huge lockdown on the freeways surrounding where our studio, AM590, is, uh, the Inland Regional Center, which is uh, Literally right just down the off street. of the 10 freeway, right around the corner. Uh, I couldn't get in. And as I went to try to find out on a police scanner what was going on, boy, when it was revealed that there had been this uh, mass shooting just before noon uh, at the Inland Regional Center and then uh, started following the police, uh, ended up uh, jumping on the show with Larry Elder. Uh, mm-hmm. who and, and broadcasting live what we were hearing uh, over the police scanner. And before we knew it, um, the name Saeed Farouk yeah. came across the police scanner one time and then never again because the police were concerned that he was – that as they uh, left the uh, IRC and went back to their condo townhome in Redlands uh, and then back onto the freeway, back to the IRC, which is – Kind of an odd thing. We never really found out why they went home and then went back to the IRC. Um, we followed them, uh, the, the police activity on the scanner. And, uh, boy, what a what a tragic day that was for uh, the uh, Inland Empire of uh, Southern California, for America, really. And, as you said, for those families that are still, many of them, trying to heal. Yep. And, uh, boy, the terrorists involved, you mentioned the name Saeed Farouk and his wife Tashfeen Malik. Another name that you heard associated with this story was Enrique Marquez Jr., who was the neighbor of these two. He's the one who supplied the rifles that were used by Farouk and Malik to open fire on that holiday gathering. And just to bring you up to speed on what happened to Enrique Marquez, it was back in October of this year who uh, when Enrique Marquez was sentenced to 20 years in prison for his role in that terror attack. He currently is serving his sentence 20 years. All right. As we continue, the uh, focus on Georgia is heating up. Is voter fraud already underway? Azure Thursday morning answer continues. Brian Whitman's voices, Jennifer Horn's brain. What else do you need to start your day? This is the morning answer. Thanks for joining us. Practice Friday. It is Thursday here on uh, The Morning Answer. I'm Jennifer Horn, Don Dix, Ian for Brian. And uh, Don, a lot of attention being paid to uh, the Senate runoff race in Georgia. A lot of people concerned, including President Trump, that voter fraud could already be underway. And uh, a lot of of legal teams, not only... (laughs) Imagine being in Georgia right now. Not only do you have a lot of wackadoodle activists who are coming in from all over the country to try to sit on a... Uh, on Georgia residents to try to cast their vote in certain directions. You have people coming into the state to try to register to vote in uh, this election. You have tons of money, so you're seeing campaign ads probably at every single turn. And uh, and then you have a lot of lawyers who are now going to start crawling around on uh, both sides of the aisle, Democrats and Republicans, trying to make sure that it is a fair and honest election. And what are you left with but a mess of, like, political soup happening in uh, in the state of Georgia? 
This is a scenario for disaster, especially because some of the organizations that are involved in trying to, uh, you know, do voter turnout. Voter turnout's a very uh, valid thing to do for elections. You want everybody to come out. You want everybody to know how important it is. I don't know how you can miss that news regarding Georgia and how important it is from either side of the aisle. Uh, But when you have these organizations encouraging people to move to Georgia and register to vote, specifically to move the needle in the direction of the Democrat candidates, that's a scenario for disaster coming. And uh, they are prepared. They they, they are actually talking about that. Uh, The Secretary of State of Georgia has come out and said, don't even think about it. We will find you. We will track you down. Uh, well, why why didn't they why weren't they so diligent about finding those people before? Because Georgia turns out a very important swing state. Um, I, I would hope that they that uh, election officials would do whatever is necessary in order to ensure a safe and fair and valid election. And so all points bulletins looking for people that are moving into the state. Now, people are moving to to Georgia uh, to help with the voter turnout on both sides of the aisle. I have friends that are actually uh, getting ready to go there and spend a couple of weeks helping to uh, uh, encourage people to get out and vote. And really important, it'll be interesting when the dust settles on Georgia to see what the actual voter turnout was. Uh, but boy, you guys clean up your voter. What if it's like four? Georgia. What if people are so tired yeah. of it? It's four yeah, people, and that's just about it. And that's just the candidates and their and their spouses. All right. So a Georgia election official on Wednesday stressed that all voters are encouraged to vote in the upcoming Senate runoffs, which will, of course, you don't need to be reminded, determine the balance of power in the United States Senate. But it was after an attorney that has been helping President Trump's legal team fight it out, made a suggestion that maybe Georginians shouldn't participate in the election. This was a strange one. Lynn Wood is an attorney that was helping out the legal team. He seems to have aligned himself with Sidney Powell in some ways, uh, who is investigating this on her own, uh, separate from being the president's personal attorney or separate from being a paid member of the legal team for the campaign. Lynn Wood had this suggestion for Republicans in Georgia. We're not going to go vote on January 5th in another machine made by China. You're not going to fool Georgians again. If Kelly Loeffler wants your vote, if David Perdue wants your vote, they've got to earn it. They've got to demand publicly, repeatedly, consistently, Brian Kemp call a special session of the Georgia legislature and if they do not do it, if Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue do not do it, they have not earned your vote. Don't you give it to them. Why would you go back and vote in another rigged election? For God's sakes, fix it. You got to fix it before we'll do it again. Okay. I've got, I've got some thoughts about this. So... First of all, I I understand the spirit of the revolution that Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell are are asking for. Right? They want to get people to to take charge and fight back. I understand that, but I'm also a realist on, and I realize that we are a month and two days away from this election, and that telling Republicans not to show up and vote is extremely destructive to our chances at making sure. We do not hand over 
the United States Senate. We have not handed over the House of Representatives and we've not handed over the White House to Joe Biden. I'm 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 a little perplexed about the way that that uh, speech is fitting into what really is unfolding in Georgia. I don't know how you can call on people to not vote because in protest uh, in protest, because guess what? That's just going to hand the election over to the two Senate Democrats that are running. Um, that's this. This is uh, going to feed into uh, the irresponsible, uh, the narrative of the irresponsibility of the Trump legal team trying to uh, show that there is voter irregularities. There are problems with the vote. There are problems with fraud. The question has always been not whether there were those things, but to what degree to what did extent? they uh, have in the results? So that's what we're trying to determine. And for you know to have to 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 issue a statement like this in the midst of everything else that's happening seems uh just abundantly irresponsible yeah it just doesn't seem like the right play and again i i admire the spirit i admire the revolutionary spirit but you have a month and we need to keep control the republicans need to keep control of the senate can you imagine handing over free pass to whatever legislation the left wants to pass and believe you me you think that joe biden is going to last if they have a republican congress i mean a democratic congress are you kidding Mm -hmm. They will have him out so fast. You throw that 25th Amendment right now in his face. They'll have Kamala Harris sitting in that position. They'll have Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, and it will be the Democrats' dream team. This cannot happen. It's totally irresponsible. I want Republicans to have a spine, but you have to pick and choose how you battle. And one way that we can hold on is by maintaining control of the Senate. To me, that is far more important at this moment, at this juncture. And uh, and continue the rallying cry. I mean, it's not like you you have to do one or the other you can do both things you can talk about voter fraud and try to fix it but let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. exactly right i think that the responsible thing is to tell people if they want to i mean if you want to make sure that your vote is safe go to the polling place and vote take your ballot in and make sure that it gets uh deposited uh, correctly but don't tell people not to vote. That's just really silly. Know. And Very. a lot of conservatives are sending a little backlash in the direction of Lynn Wood and uh, and Sidney Powell, actually, by association. Yesterday, there was a White House press briefing. Kaylee McEnany was there. So was her husband, by the way, professional baseball player. People were upset. He wasn't wearing a mask. But she was asked about threats to poll workers in the state of Georgia. Seems uh, redundant. But Kaylee McEnany said that we condemn these threats. We condemn any threats um, against anyone. There's no place for violence. Um, what I will say, though, too, is that you know, the president's lawyers, um, they were doxxed by a, a left organization. Um, their private information put out. So we're seeing that um, happen to people on both sides of, of the argument. And there's no place for that ever anywhere. No, uh, not at all. And this is, you know, <laughs> Who who is the where has the bulk of the violence come from in the last year? Uh, you don't even really need to answer that question. It's prima facie obvious there is no place for violence in uh, in our country. There's no place for violence in our voting systems, in our elections um, and doxing. Well, that's something the left does. I think I get I don't know. This really bothers me because even 
even now, uh, where we are in politics, it's the press is showing themselves, uh, the, the mainstream news media is showing themselves oh. for who they are. You've got them asking Kaylee McEnany and the Trump administration to condemn violence every single time. Have they asked Joe Biden and Kamala Harris no. to condemn the people who were looting businesses? No. Instead, they're putting together relief funds to bail those people out of jail after they get arrested. And no one's asking them for that. No one's asking them for people whose lives and businesses were threatened for the, for the Democrats to condemn them. Yet we're asking to condemn to condemn every bit of violence that might happen from someone who thinks they're trying to help the cause of the right. Instead, Joe Biden's asked how his foot is and what flavor of ice cream he likes. Give me a break. Yeah, no, the the questions, the, the way that the press handles both sides of the aisle is is absolutely uh, different. There's no question about it. They are the PR department for the Democrat Party. A new stay at home order issued by Mayor Garcetti. What does it say? What will you be limited in doing? We'll tell you as your Thursday morning answer continues.